I would say to women listening now, the time has come for us to not only take our seat at the table, but create it. We need leadership among women and we need women to also just step into those roles because they are so needed, they are so necessary for the change that needs to come about in our society. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Lead Hupi podcast. I am Lennox Osara, an award-winning radio host and graduate of the University of Pretoria. On this podcast, I speak to a number of guests who are alumni and friends of the University of Pretoria. They share their life lessons, insights, and leadership stories. Join me as we get to know them even better. In this episode, I'll be speaking with Shudu Fadzo Musida, who was crowned Miss South Africa 2020 at the 62nd edition of the competition. She has focused on mental health awareness, educational and economic empowerment for children and women. She launched her hashtag Mindful Mondays, an online mental health initiative, and she has also worked with the United Nations to foster positive change. Shudu Fadzo completed a Bachelor of Social Science degree in Philosophy, Politics and Economics at the University of Pretoria. She hails from the Hamasia village in Vembe district of Limpopo and she is a true ambassador of the Venda culture. Her optimism and warm personality captured millions of people in South Africa and beyond the shores. Welcome and thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Shudu Fatso, your story has inspired many people across South Africa. And I'm just wondering how did everything unfold for you, particularly to arrive to where you've arrived now, considering your, your background in academics as well at the University of Pretoria. Just want to know, you know, your story to getting here. I think my story is a bit of a weird one because I never thought I'd be sitting in this position as in South Africa, but I'm very blessed to be sitting here because initially when I was growing up, I always knew that I wanted to work with organizations like the UN or work for them. I always knew that I wanted to be of service, to live a life of service, and I wanted to do that in a structural way. So that's why I studied my philosophy, politics, and economics degree at the University of Pretoria. I was trying to get a better understanding of the world, a multifaceted view of the world. And I wanted to understand it better in order to be useful to the people that I'm trying to help. So you find that most of the time, especially on the African continent, people try to bring solutions to African problems. But we need African solutions to African problems and for people on the ground to be active participants of the change that they want to see in their communities. So I knew that studying that could help me have a better understanding of that. And then after I graduated, um, I decided to do my honours. While I was doing my honours, I decided to enter South Africa for some reason. I was very, very nervous and I felt like I am so shy. I've never been in any sort of organisation in my life. I've never done anything like this before. I don't even know how to speak in public. That was my other problem. And then I was like, okay, you know what, let's just try it. And then eventually I entered with the last thing that I said before entering being, uh, what do I have to lose? Little did I know that I had everything to gain. After that, I made it to South Africa and I ultimately won it. And it was almost like a process of finding my voice or discovering my voice rather, because it's always been there. And now I get to be on a platform that is so impactful, that is needed 
for the representation and development of so many young women through the representation, of course. And it's a great platform to show what women can do beyond societal's conceived importance of them. You talk about finding your voice, which I think is very important. We all have that internal voice that speaks to us in some way. And how did you find your voice? I'm just curious to know. No, my voice has always been there. I think it was just about me trusting it. So I started trusting my voice. I would speak and then I would be shocked at how hard I am on myself because not that what I'm saying doesn't matter. I just need to trust what I'm saying, you know. So you can find that a lot of people trust your voice, but if you don't trust it, that's a bit futile. But I learned to trust my voice. I learned to trust my words. I learned to trust the power within I've always wanted to be in the shadows, like no one like really see me because I'm, I'm mm-hmm. an introvert. I've been like that for a while. I never thought that I would be comfortable being in the spotlight and being on such a big platform and find myself being able to articulate myself because what I have to say matters. So I think to a lot of people, what I learned even through Mindful Mondays is that we need to talk until someone hears us. You know, It's something that is so fundamental, even in just the mental health space as well. You talk about the big stage and obviously getting to the big stage, trusting your voice and so forth. You mentioned at the big stage, at the Miss SA performance, you mentioned a lot about your grandparents believing in education, fostering you forward. I just wonder what's been their influence on you, your grandparents? They had a very big influence. Like I said, they are the reason why I got an education. Uh, they're the reason why I'm actually standing here in South Africa because of sacrifices that had to be made and decisions that have to be made about a generation like us, you know. I remember the last thing my grandmother said to my mother about me before she passed away was make sure that Abby goes to school. That was the last thing that she said. And that pushed me to get an education that pushed me to basically make her proud, but at the same time, make myself proud and have a tool that no one can ever take away from me. A tool that is instrumental in change, in empowerment, especially of women. So yeah, they've had a great impact on me because of their emphasis and how they viewed uh, education. Now, phenomenal. You, you know, obviously passionate about education. Another person that was truly passionate about education was Nelson Mandela. And uh, you were born on the same day as Nelson Mandela, a leader uh, whose ideals uh, has changed so many people's lives. I'm wondering which ideals do you live by? I believe that we all need to be of service. I believe that if we speak the same language of service, then true change can actually come about in the world. Um, I think we've noticed how something like COVID, in as bad as it was, united us to speak one language, that the language of hope and recovery and healing. And we see how when we do something as a global community, change comes about. But imagine if we start doing that by being of service to one another. Yes, you need to be of service to yourself first, but being of service to the world, being of making sure that life In things that we do, there's some sort of social development that comes about. Even in the smallest way, change can start in your homes, change can start in the classroom, but it starts with those little actions that we make on a daily basis. So for me, I've always believed in this, what I live by. We need to be of service to one another. We need to all speak a language of service. Incredible. You are truly a person that believes in being self-aware. And very important to your success, you attribute self-awareness as well. How should leaders be thinking about you know, self-awareness? To what extent should people be conscious about their self-awareness? They need to be very conscious of it because if we live in a society that has low levels of self-awareness, first of all, that means there's a neglect of mental health at some stage there. 
but then at the same time we can't live in a society that is uh, that has low levels of self-awareness because our self-awareness is essential for uh, generation equality you know there's a lot of things that come from self-awareness that will help i believe advance us as a nation and as a people but without mental health awareness without just education in general it's very difficult for people to have that skill of self-awareness we just basically just followed by without even realizing what is happening within us in as much as what's happening around us and once we have that i think a lot can change we talk about obviously being aware of what's happening around us within us and you know there's so much more that you've done you know talking about mental health being really aware of where we are and our mental state our mental well-being which is truly important and i'm wondering from your side i mean you are now obviously in south africa and that comes with a lot of pressures it comes with a lot of public attention and also to a level of intense public expectation as well whilst you living your day-to-day life i want to know what from your side have you had to deal with at a personal level from a mental health point of view post your uh, crown i think there's a bit of anxiety here and there um because I was a person that used to stay home all the time, you know, like I used to keep to myself for the longest time, but now I'm basically of service to the citizens of South Africa, so when I meet them, I need to be cognizant of that. And then you you, re- you receive so much love and it's so beautiful, but at the same time you just you're like you're just like oh my god, what's happening? Yeah. So just losing a bit of my privacy too because now I've devoted myself to the public by accepting this job. So when I'm walking in a mall, I can't just think I'm just should you walking in a mall no because sometimes you get someone trying to greet you you could be in a rush and then someone's trying to take a picture with you and you realize that those moments are the moments that you also used to look forward to uh, when you're in that position so it's, it takes a bit of self-awareness as well trying to deal with one's anxiety versus knowing what this opportunity and what they probably feel and it's beautiful how you get to meet the community that believed in you to be in this position because i always say that I am standing on a mountain of prayers and then you get to meet the people that were like, oh my God, Shudu, I was praying for you on two, three, four, five. Wow. And you get to realize the love that we as a people have. Like you don't even have to know it, like the person. You just need to just care. And seeing that is the most beautiful and the most humbling feeling and encounter ever because I never thought, like I said, I wanted to stay in the shadows, but now I'm not. Yeah, interesting. I talk about a lot of people feel as though they, you know, you meet so many people and you also have to just make sure that you're cognizant of how excited they get when they do meet you. I'm just wondering, have you ever had a moment where you've met somebody and it's sort of like, you're like, wow, you've never forgotten that moment. I met this person and you like you mentioned that people sort of have been praying for you and you're like, wow, so humbled by that experience. But has there been any moment, one in particular, where you thought, whoa, I had this experience with this maybe fan who did something and have, I'll probably never forget that moment. There's been a few. There's been a few. I think those ones where people tell me that they've been praying for me, especially older women, you know, like our grandmothers, when they stop and they say they were praying for me or how proud they are of me. And they look at you with so much love and so much sincerity. Like they look you straight in the eye. And for some reason, you just feel like, wow, you feel like you've achieved something great. You feel like you're actually doing something right, even on days where you feel like you're not doing too great. So those encounters stay with me. But also there was, there was this one time I had an interview at a radio station. And as I was leaving, this boy came out of the car with his mother 
And he's like, I heard you on the radio, so I thought I would come here. And I just I just wanted to see you. And every single time when I had like events, he would come to the events because he loves me so much. And I'm just like, you would make the effort to just make sure you 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 are you are at the same place that I am just to say hi. I was just like, that is so beautiful. And he's a lovely boy. Wow, that's incredible. I'm glad that you also made the time to sort of uh, acknowledge him, which is very important. You've achieved a lot of success, let's be honest. I mean, let's talk at the individual level. You've been successfully academically. And uh, with success, suddenly comes a level of growth and I guess somewhat a degree of change as well. Your reign as Miss Africa certainly brought some insights you know, to, to you. I'm just wondering how have these influenced your perspective on leadership these new insights that you've learned or that you observed as Miss South Africa? They've influenced me in, in a lot of ways because I think the more changes and the more growth comes about, the more your view or perception of things becomes different. You know, um, you learn to grow the ideas that you had. You learn to think beyond what is there, if that makes sense. So, you know, like growing up, I, I always said, no, I want to build this um, big haven with white walls and a blue roof where women and children can come in and and get humanitarian assistance. And as I get older, I realize it's not the humanitarian assistance. It's about teaching people the necessary skills to help themselves. And then as you grow older, you realize that everyone needs to be active participants of the change they want to see. So I find that how I think and how I view things or my point of entry is always different. You know, I remember before my South Africa, my main focus was bringing about the educational and economic empowerment of women and children. And then during the South Africa process, the night before, when I was supposed to step on that stage, I could not preach about that because I'd worked in areas where you've seen how you can't try to empower people educationally or um, economically when they're discouraged, when their minds aren't in the right state. It's impossible to bring about any change. And then I started thinking about myself and mental health, how when my mind was not in a good place versus when it was in a good place, there was a lot of positive change in my life. Only then did the successes that I have now become a reality because my perception of life and the things I'm able to attain and the dreams that I had became different. They became bigger. Um, so I, I ended up talking about mental health on the final night because that was something that was so true to me, so true to who I am, uh, so true to what I believe and so true to mental health empowerment. That's profound because what you're essentially saying is you had to sort of let go of an idea that you have built up until that moment and you decide, you know what, let me go focus on mental health. And some people, some leaders, you know, in general, at an individual level, maybe in organizations, sometimes you've got a particular vision. But, you know, certain experiences nudge you in the opposite direction or relatively in a different direction. What would you say to people about them just really letting go? Of, of some of those views and ideals as change happens to them? I think it's quite important because if you're stuck in your ways, you'll never get to see what's in front of you. I think the thing that stagnates us as people, individuals, is that we're so stuck in our ways that we're not willing to learn more than what we know. We're not willing to see more than what we see. We're not willing to step us out of our comfort zone. And that comes with a lot of acceptance of so many things around us, being accepting of people in general. So the individuals that you'll work with or that you'll get to lead. Um, so it comes with a lot of growing. So I believe to grow, you need to shed some skin. 
You need to let go of some preconceived notions. You need to be able to open yourself up to new experiences, to new lessons in order to move forward. But without that, uh, we're not going to go anywhere. Like I just, I just think the times I was stuck in, in my beliefs, I was so stagnant. This, the time where I just let myself grow and let myself experience life and learn from life, everything changed for me. And that happened a lot at the Miss South Africa. During the Miss South Africa journey, like when I was a finalist, um, I got to encounter so many amazing women and I got to learn from them. And then I realized that we are so much stronger together. And then if we take the time to just experience one another, we get to learn so much from one another and help grow that preconceived notions or ideas that we had you get to see different perspectives and make an informed decision what you think and what you may believe you know we long for change we long to see things get better we have a guess a sense of righteous anger towards what we see and we want to act how do we go about bringing that change on a broader level i understand possibly doing it in my own capacity but at a broader level what can we do I think I think on a broader level, I think the biggest weapon or the biggest tool that we have are our voices. Our voices matter. And when we speak together as a collective, that brings about change. Our voices matter so much. I was speaking at the, um, the Generation Equality Forum uh, in Paris. And when I was speaking, I realized how at some point I thought my voice didn't matter. But now I get to speak on topics that could bring about H- an HIV generation equality. Um, so it's you get to realize that our voices matter so much that in as much as we may not be able to provide the resources or we may think we don't have the means to provide the resources to make change, our voices are the resources that we need. So you get to speak out in front of world leaders and try to effect change. And that starts, that starts with us speaking, like I was saying, speaking a language of service, um, um, uh, speaking and just voicing our opinions. And, and we can only voice our opinions and debate them if, through, if we're educated, like if we, if we get an education, it helps us, it helps us um, gain the skill of critical thinking. And with that comes the gift of, of open engagement and being able to debate and and fruitfully um, uh, speak about things. So you realize that our voices matter so much, like you know, our voices matter. So I, I think that's how we effect change. Voices certainly do matter and words matter. You know, what we say, our utterance is certainly very important to be careful how we do have that conversation with people, with ourselves. I do know that, you know, with, with you obviously journeying and, and embarking on this road, with some of the insights you're sharing with with me right now, you've had multiple lessons on the way, I'm sure. What have been some of those uh, top lessons you've picked up in your journey? I think to trust the process, to trust the process is quite important, to trust yourself, um, to work hard at every single stage. Don't ever get too too comfortable in one place. You always need to find ways to grow, ways to move, ways to build a solid foundation. And there's always room for refurbishments. So I think I learned to just trust the process, let the process happen, but also trust myself. I think those are the biggest lessons that I've, I've learned. And also just the importance of being relational, like uh, the importance of relationships. That is the biggest, one of the biggest lessons I've learned. Build those relationships, uh, network as hard as you can, but at the same time, trust the process. Uh, there's strength in your yes in as much as there's strength in your no. What would you say to women listening now? I would say to women listening now, the time has come for us to not only take our seat at the table, but create it. We need leadership among women and we need women to also just 
rise up and step into those roles because they are so needed. They are so necessary for the change that needs to come about in our society. Um, I, th- I think we see it with leaders across the world, leaders like Dr. Pumzi Lambumu, Amina J. Muhammad, all of these women that are leading in those spaces. It is time for us to take the baton from them and actually just continue with that, build a new generation of empowered women. And we can only do that when we start embracing one another, when we start uh, learning from one another, because there's so much strength, so much brilliance in all of us. And yeah, the time has come. The time has come for us to live in a generation equality as society. I love what you said about not only sitting at the table, but creating it. How can we create? We create it with our voices. We create it with our presence. Um, I think for too long, there's been a, there's been like a weird conspiracy of silence among uh, the strength in the voices of women, you know. But women can effect change just by their presence, you know, like just by their voice, their ideas. I think we see how just their mere presence in a position of leadership brings about so much change so much representation, so much inspiration, like they effect change in communities where a little girl would believe that she can also be in that position. You know, just their mere presence does a lot. Their mere presence brings about a lot of change within their respective uh, professions. That's how women effect change, with their voices, with their presence, uh, with their education, with their minds, you know, like with their ideas. There's so many things that women have to offer. There's just so much room. I certainly agree with you and very profound, I must say. I mean, taking it to you now, your reign as Miss South Africa will end as you crown the next Miss South Africa. What are your plans after your reign? And will it also shift some of your leadership goals that you've set out in the last uh, 12 months? It's hard for me to really plan because there's still Miss World. So uh, if that happens, then my life just goes um, in a different direction just said, as it did with Miss South Africa. So, but I'm trying very hard to not plan and just trust the process, you know. But I definitely, in the, in the cards soon, is to do my master's. Certainly trusting the process indeed can certainly do wonders and help you to complete a qualification. And you completed your bachelor's at the University of Pretoria. What has been an experience, uh, your journey at the University of Pretoria, that uh, you will never forget? I think it was my final year in international relations class and they were teaching about how Shaga Zulu is one of the greatest military strategists there ever was right and how brilliant he was and how we got to learn about his uh, military tactics and all of that kind of stuff for the first time ever I fell in love with what I was doing you know like I've always liked it but I fell in love with it because I was learning about a brilliant black South African person you know and I'm learning this in academics, like we hardly, we learn about these things, but like to say that they can compare him to some of the greatest military strategists that ever lived and he's up there with them. That was beautiful to read. That was beautiful to see how irrespective of our shortcomings, we can still conquer and make the change that we want to make as long as we do it as a collective and the importance of identity and how important your identity is, you know, like how that was, that was instilled in all Zulu people. And we still see it today to know that it took one person to make a whole nation leave in their identity. That was mind blowing for me. That's when I fell in love with it. And that's when I decided to do my honors. That was the moment everything changed for me. An element of the University of Pretoria that you miss. I mean, I certainly love spending a lot of time at the student center. Perhaps you might have one that you certainly miss. I think just 
walking there. It's weird because I always used to look up and see the jacarandas and see how beautiful that school is. It's probably the most beautiful university I've ever seen in my life. But as soon as you walk there, there's a sense of like tranquility, like peace. As soon as you walk in and then you're walking and you're walking by that little strip towards the student center, it's so peaceful and the trees and the air is just different. Yeah, it's probably the most beautiful university I've ever been to. So I miss the beauty of the university. Wonderful. Thank you so much for making the time and, uh, you know, just really sharing your journey, your insights. Really do appreciate it and looking forward to the impact that we'll make with this podcast talking about leadership but also your story uh, from a nuance lens thank you so much that was certainly the conversation with our very own miss south africa shudifazo musida who certainly taught me that you have to find your voice as a leader and also that leaders must be self-aware not only of their internal emotions but also the external environment As alumni of the University of Pretoria, stand a chance of winning a brand new Apple iPad. Simply register and join over 12,000 alumni on the University of Pretoria's Alumni Connect app and never miss out on the latest jobs, internships, events, and competitions. To join the UP Alumni Connect platform, go to www.upalumniconnect.com and click on Get Started or go to the App Store or the Play Store. Search Graduate Community, install the app, select University of Pretoria as your institution and register or log in. Get connected today. This podcast is produced by the University of Pretoria's Alumni Relations Office. My name is Lennox Wasara. Our production team includes Samantha Castle, Arna Schutz. Our sound engineers are Louis Kluter Productions.